You know, it really works out that UT Morton's on the schedule this week. I understand. Don't overlook any opponent. It is what it is. But again, it is what it is. You know, everyone's looking ahead to George and Kentucky. But hey, we're still reflecting on Tennessee knocking off Alabama. So plenty more of that. Twitter Tuesday, your mailbag edition of the show, plus some announcements, uh, some team news, stuff like that. That's coming up right here on your Tuesday Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into it, your Tuesday edition of Locked On Balls. I'm your host, Eric Kane. So glad you elected to spend some of your time with me here this morning, with me here today. Can't thank you enough. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, that is your team every single day. And uh, thank you so much for making Locked On Balls your first listen Wherever you find your podcast, completely free. Subscribe and download these episodes as well as on uh, the YouTube page. Pound that like button. And please, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the VolQuest. Just kidding. Uh, oh, well, let's go ahead and do that too. Subscribe to the VolQuest YouTube channel. But on this show, subscribe to the Lockdown Vols YouTube channel as well. Sorry, when you have a lot of jobs, sometimes they get a little intertwined uh, uh, a bit here. But uh, hey, I'm your host, Eric Kane. You can find this podcast on Twitter at underscore Kane or in at Locked On Balls. Mailbag coming up later in the show, but first, a couple things to get into. Some housekeeping notes. Tennessee, of course, 52-49 over Alabama. We know this, number three in the AP, number four in the uh, USA Today coaches poll. Uh, Tennessee has a trio of players really in honors from the Southeastern Conference, as is usually the case when you uh, knock off a big opponent like this. Jalen Hyatt, who else? We knew that Saturday in the second quarter, right? Uh, he was going to be the offensive player of the week from the Southeastern Conference. Finishes with five touchdowns over 200 yards receiving. Congrats to Jalen Hyatt. Darnell Wright is your co-SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week, and he had a huge hand in blocking Will Anderson Jr. and Dallas Turner and a, that that front from uh, Alabama. So that was well, well-deserved. Tennessee only one sack given up, and really it was a coverage sack in my opinion. And then Chase McGrath. 40-yard field goal to win it for Tennessee over Alabama. He is your special teams player of the week. Uh, that is two games in a row that Chase McGrath or two, well, it might be two games in a row. I can't really remember. Uh, second time this season, at least, uh, here of late, that Chase McGrath has been the SEC special teams player of the week. Hey, that Tennessee-Kentucky matchup later in the season, actually it's the week after next, it's October 29th. That is going to be a 7 p.m. kickoff on ESPN, 7 p.m. kickoff on ESPN, if you hadn't seen it already. Uh, you had an update of sorts from uh, head coach Josh Heupel on Monday when he met with the media. Uh, this is on Jalen McCullough. Of course, Jalen McCullough did not play in this football game against Alabama. Um, he was uh, arrested and uh, dealing with some off-the-field issues dating back to an incident last Sunday after Tennessee got back uh, from the win over LSU. Of course, Jalen McCullough didn't play yet. Danico Slaughter, who played in his place, uh, ask about that was Josh Heupel, and he said on Monday that uh, safety Jalen McCullough is not suspended, that he's been around the program, just wasn't available for Saturday's game. Now, he added that they're looking forward to having him back soon once the process is complete. So if you're reading between the lines here, uh, it kind of sounds like hey, Tennessee's expected to have Jalen McCullough back soon. So that was not an official update, obviously, um, or official status designation, uh, but that was kind of an update for Tennessee safety, Jalen McCullough. Uh, take a brief pause here from the Alabama game, and let's go and talk recruiting real quick. A lot of you guys were asking about recruits coming in, seeing the game. We're going to get to that here as the mailbag show uh, continues in segment two and three. But Tennessee did have a commit uh, 
go ahead and sign on, not sign on, but verbally commit to the university on Sunday afternoon. He is a 2024 athlete, wide receiver uh, by the name of Mazio Bennett. I call him MJ Bennett. He goes by MJ as well because Mazio is kind of hard to say, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. But he is a really nice athlete out of South Carolina. Uh, the on-three consensus rankings have him at 203 in the country, 16th athlete, number three prospect out of South Carolina. The on-three rankings in itself have him as the 189th player in the country, 16th ranked athlete, and fourth player out of South Carolina. Um, he's a really skilled athlete, again, learning how to play wide receiver, very productive in terms of uh, receiving totals and all that type of stuff so far this year as a junior he was in for the Florida game, and I think that he kind of made up his mind then and there that he was going to go ahead and and, and do it. But uh, it was his birthday on Sunday, and he wanted to wait till his birthday. Uh, but MJ Bennett is the third commit for the class of 2024 for the University of Tennessee. So they continue to start piling him on a little bit there, working a class ahead for 2024. And wide receiver MJ Bennett has jumped in that class. Uh, one other note here before we move on to your questions. Um, it's actually kind of funny. A lot of you guys have been chiming in and giving me a hard time about Will Anderson Jr. Yeah, hey, I'm, he's a really, really good player. Um, Tennessee absolutely neutralized him, man. Tennessee made him a non-factor. Anderson Jr. made one play on Saturday. It was a big, it was a big play in the game. Don't get me wrong. He pretty much picked up JJ Crawford, planted him in the lap of Hendon Hooker, and there was pressure from the other side as well. But Hendon Hooker's ball sailed a little bit, and of course, that was the interception, right? But that's the only time Will Anderson Jr. flashed in that football game. And I watched it in real time. I went back and watched the tape. Um, and, and sure, like he might not have had it. He didn't have a good game. Absolutely not. But that's a testament to Tennessee's offensive line, guys. That's a testament to Darnell Wright and, and J.J. Crawford slash Gerald Mincy on the left side. He moves around a little bit. I mean, what an effort. Again, you know, Will Anderson Jr., I was talking to somebody through this via DMs, and we were kind of going back and forth, uh, joking around with one another, but I wholeheartedly believe he's going to be a top, I don't know, five five pick, maybe top three pick. There's some people talking about him being the number one overall pick. I don't follow the draft process that closely, but um, I think he's going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. And the fact that Tennessee absolutely made him a non-factor, the fact that this offensive line and these running backs and Jalen Wright and Jabari Small helping out, made him a non-factor for the entire game, pretty much. Job well done. Again, that's just that's, that's the growth of this football team. It, it's it's the growth of this football team. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from this game, 100%. So what a win for Tennessee, but what a win in that individual matchup. That was huge, uh, in, in my opinion, just to, to, to make him, you know, totally not even a uh, – a guy there whatsoever in that football game. Sorry, I was talking and I was reading a note that I wrote myself, and obviously I do not have great handwriting. One other thing before we get into the questions. I saw this tweet and I went ahead and favored it, okay? Strength of schedule rankings for current AP top 10, top 10 teams according to the ESPN FPI, okay? This is strength of schedule for teams in the top 10. Georgia, 76th. Ohio State, 82nd. Tennessee, 12th, Michigan 73rd, Clemson 64th, Alabama 6th, so Tennessee's 12th, Alabama is 6th, Ole Miss is 109th, TCU is 80th, UCLA is 100th, and Oregon is 16th. So, uh, you know, Oregon, that's pretty decent right there, but you got Tennessee and Alabama that have really good strength of schedules, and everybody else in the top 10 right now, not very good. So Tennessee, again, four wins against AP top 25 ranked football team so far this season. They are 
playing good football and winning at a high clip and beating good teams. So hats off to, again, the University of Tennessee. All right, your questions, your comments. It's Twitter Tuesday, the mailbag edition. That is coming up next right here on Locked on Balls. But from crunching at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, hey, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts, guys. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm running cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app, use that promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, you claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, check in at the business, pay as usual with credit or debit card, and then you get paid. In comparison to credit card reward uh, reward and loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back by using Upside. That's huge, guys. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every single week. That's probably why it has a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So right now, download the free GetUpside app. That's using the promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, everybody. Your Tuesday edition of Locked On Vols. We'll have a little Ward Wednesday coming up tomorrow. We'll take a look at the pro football focus grades. Got a couple of other guests scheduled for later in the week, one being a VFL. So uh, really, 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 really looking forward to that. We're going to continue to talk about this Alabama win for Tennessee, looking back on that. And then, of course, we'll we'll preview some UT Martin that is coming up on uh, Saturday. But right now here on Locked On Vols for the next two segments, it is Twitter Tuesday when you guys take over the show any questions, comments, whatever you have at underscore Caner and at Locked On Vols, I bring them on the podcast each and every Tuesday. All right, my guy Kay Wayne that chimes in. Also, James and Silos. They all want to know about recruiting and, and what took place for Tennessee uh, over the weekend. I mean, there's a lot of prospects that got in town for Tennessee. Uh, and what about an environment? I mean, how about that environment? It can't get any better than that. The Florida environment was incredible, but you beat a top five team. You store in the field. A win like that, I mean, just incredible, right? So it's kind of hard to beat that environment. There was a lot of people on hand for uh, this Tennessee-Alabama uh, football game. A couple of notes that I will uh, bring up that, that are notable, at least 2023 defensive back Tyler Scott was in town. Seemed like he really enjoyed his time here at Tennessee. Uh, Tamarian Parker was in town. He continues to be a Tennessee-Clemson battle, and that's going to be a, a November commitment, probably I think the Monday of Thanksgiving week, I think is kind of when he's looking at committing somewhere. So Tamarian Parker seemed to be liking what he saw here at Tennessee, but that's a Tennessee Clemson battle. He's always been kind of hard to read. Uh, David Hobbs, uh, you know, the on three, uh, you know, predicting machine is, but Tennessee is a favorite there, which is huge news. Uh, the five-star defensive lineman, he's going to commit later in November as well on his mother's birthday, but I think Tennessee's in good shape there, but there's still a long way to go. Tennessee will have to stay on top of that one for, uh, David Hobbs, you know, the 2024s who were in town, 
they continue to come back to games like this, the in-state crop of Caleb Beasley, Boo Carter, Edwin Spillman, um, Gorey of, of Bradley Central, all those guys continue to come back and can't you know, say enough good things about Tennessee. And those are big for the 2024 to 2025s because they're going to go on a lot more game day visits. And <laughs> every one of those is going to stack up to what they saw this last Saturday, Tennessee and Alabama, which is huge. Uh, one running back that did not make it in, Dante Dowell, the Oregon commit. He did not make it in, so we'll have to see exactly what happens there. But uh, still, tons and tons of guys who are here recruiting. Sam, Sam Mpemba, an edge player from IMG Academy. He was on his official visit, and we'll have to see how much work Tennessee did in, in that one. Um, a lot of commits, Jalen Smith, Jeremiah T. Lander. Now, Bison Lang is another guy Tennessee's after on the offensive line. He was in here, and he continues to not say a bad thing about Tennessee. He, he was you know, blown away by you know what transpired on the field after the football game. So anyway, those are just a couple of notable ones. Those are not all of them, but a little rundown in terms of recruiting uh, that was here on campus over the weekend. Guys, appreciate you checking in on that. Uh, let's go next to Hunter. Hunter wants to know, who is Tennessee's best wide receiver? Man, Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt, Brew McCoy, Ramel Keaton. Says, I honestly think all four of those guys are first rounders. Uh, they're not all four. They're not all four first rounders. I think Cedric Tillman could definitely be a first rounder. Uh, right now, I think that would be the only first rounder, but we'll see. I mean, heck, the season's season's not over, and some of these guys will uh, definitely be back next year. Uh, Tennessee's best receiver, man, you're like splitting hairs here right now. It's hard to argue with what Jalen Hyatt's doing right now, but I'd still probably go with Cedric Tillman, a bigger body guy, very durable. But, I mean, again, it's hard to argue with Jalen Hyatt right now. Brew McCoy, I think, is really good. And Ramel Keaton has done nothing but step up. And his moves, man, I, you know, Ramel Keaton, decent route runner, not the fastest guy in the world. But what's impressed me about Ramel Keaton is what he's done with the ball in his hands. I, you know, I didn't really see that coming. So I would say Tennessee's best receiver right now, still Cedric Tillman, but Jalen Hyatt is right there. Um, you know, a 1A, 1B type situation. I don't know. And then I would go Brew and then Ramel Keaton. Hunter, good question there. Uh, let's go to Vol of the Wild. Vol of the Wild wants to know, uh, can we win out? What are the odds? What's the floor now? Sorry, I'm hyped. Dude, don't have to apologize. Everybody was hyped. I talked about this with uh, our guy Boogie over at uh, uh, Talking Vols, and it kind of changes every single week, right? Um, the expectations, the win-losses, the, the ceilings, the floor. Of course, I always say this, and I preface this because, again, I was in those locker rooms for a long time. I mean, if you don't come out, and I, I still believe this, too. I mean, we watch Tennessee. We know it's not a perfect football team. Um, but if you come out and you're not ready to play, you can get your butt beat, right? I mean, Kentucky can come out and beat you if you're not ready to play. South Carolina can come out and beat you if you go in there and beat yourselves, right? Tennessee should wax both those programs, right? They, they should. They absolutely should. I think Kentucky's a solid football team, but what it does best is what Tennessee's doing best defensively, and that's defending the run, right? Will Levis is not 100% healthy. Uh, you know, We'll see what happens. I think that'll be a tough game, but I like Tennessee that one. I like Tennessee against South Carolina, Vandy and Missouri, of course. Tennessee, Georgia. Why not? Why can't Tennessee beat Georgia? Tennessee just beat Alabama. What Tennessee did to beat Alabama, uh, it, it garnered over – over 300 yards more. I want to say it's 318 yards more than what Alabama was giving up. That number might be wrong, but it's 300 something. 318 yards more than what ever than what Alabama was averaging, giving up defensively coming into the game. Goodness. So why not? Uh, Tennessee can win out 100%. Will it? I don't know. We'll have to see. That's why you play the games. Again, that's why you play the games. But uh, 
it's fun to think about. I mean, it's really, really fun to think about. And then from there on, you talk about the SEC championship, potentially, potentially college football playoff. I know a lot of you guys are saying, hey, slow down, slow down. But seriously, for the first time in 10 years, you can actually start having those premature conversations. You can, without a doubt. And they actually have some legitimacy to them, for sure. Uh, let's go to Blake. Blake wants to know, it's great to be a Tennessee Vol. On the next show, can you please stress how bleak everything was less than two years ago? I mean, Coach Hype is the guy, and people need to understand how incredible the turnaround is in such a short amount of time. I read the quote uh, last week, rock bottom is a great foundation. I think that suits this program so perfectly, giving everything, not just the last two years, but the last 15. Great performance by Hooker and Hyatt. Go Vols. Appreciate it. Yeah, good stuff there, man. Rock bottom is a good foundation. I guess it's all about how you build off that, right? And Tennessee's built off that the correct way. Um, it's a solid foundation. Josh Heupel's done a fantastic job. And you're right. I mean, it's it, we've, we've mentioned this last couple of weeks, but picture yourself in January of 2021. Could you imagine being ranked third in the AP midseason? Not preseason or anything, but mi- I couldn't imagine that either. But midseason, being ranked third in the, in the in the Associated Press, knocking off Alabama. Goodness gracious, it pays to have a quarterback. I mean, it really does. It pays to have a locker room that is bought in, and that's where Tennessee is right now. So, um, man, it's it, again, it, it's fun. Savor the moment. Enjoy it because this is, this is what good football is all about, right? And uh, to answer your question, absolutely not. I, I could not even picture that. But, I mean, it was you – know, times were tough. People were leaving for the transfer portal. Tennessee was under investigation. Tennessee was searching for not only a head coach – but a new athletics director. I mean, it was it was bleak for sure. It was bleak. We're going to end this segment of our mailbag show. We'll come back with more in segment three with uh, Drewski. Why is nobody really talking about the O-line and Brew's big boy catch to set up the field goal? Biggest play of the game, in my opinion. The O-line giving Hooker all that time has to set them up as uh, one of the best O-lines in the country, especially looking at the last two games. Tennessee... I mean, I haven't checked the stats here. Is it recording this on Monday? But going into the Alabama game, Tennessee was number two in the nation in total offensive yards per game on average, number one in the SEC and scoring average. I am going to go out. I'm going to go out on a, a long limb here and say that has not changed. If not, Tennessee might be number one in total offense in the country. I have to go look that up, guys. But uh, yeah, all that, all that starts with the offensive line. It starts with the offensive line. I have tried my darndest the last two days to give that offensive line as much credit as it deserves because it deserves so much credit. Offensive line is incredible. All those guys played last year with the exception of the left tackle position. They're bought in. Darnell Wright is a different player. Cooper Mays played his best game for Tennessee against Alabama. Javante Spragans is getting better. Those boys almost ran for 200 or paved the way for almost 200 yards on the ground against Alabama. Those guys neutralized the best pass rusher in college football. Offensive line, it all starts with them, and and Tennessee has got a dang good offensive line. 100%. I mean, you can't not be in the conversation to be the best offensive line in the country with the stats that this offense is doing. You can't not be in that conversation. Tennessee is 100% in that conversation. Uh, And as far as Brew McCoy's big boy catch, yeah. I mean, he he had the first catch of uh, of the game for Tennessee, and then he had the last catch of the game for Tennessee. That last one goes up and gets it, takes a beating. Tennessee gets down there. The clock stops as they move the change call timeout. Hey, 
What a catch. What a catch from Brew McCoy sets up that 40-yarder from Chase McGrath. All right, more of your questions. That is coming up next right here on Locked on Balls. As we continue on, want to give a shout-out to Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create the new segment across the Locked on College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the, the balls over the weekend or throughout the history of the alma mater. This week's Thrilling Moments course Jalen Hyatt which, which one Jalen Hyatt scored five times which one do you want to pick there were two that he just outran the defense completely there was one where he was lined up in the slot there was a nickel corner over him there was a safety over the top he got the inside release and just used the jets and goes right by both of them a perfect dime from Hinton Hooker into the end zone that's all she wrote or you could do the one where uh, they fake the screen left. They roll him underneath, across the field, behind the line of scrimmage, throw it to him in the flat, and he races for the pylon there in the court of the end zone. Which one you want? You can have either one. There's five to choose from, right? So uh, just outstanding stuff from uh, Jalen Hyde in this football game. Uh, the thrilling moments each week. It's brought to you by Nissan. Thank you so much to Nissan for being a proud sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. More Twitter Tuesday coming up next. What's up, guys? Welcome back into it. Your Tuesday edition of Locked On Balls. We're talking Twitter Tuesday mailbag, and let's get right back into it. Tim, in football terminology, where do we go from here? What do you think the guys will stay, or do you think the guys will stay focused on finishing this thing out right? A lot is on the table now. The players can't get caught looking too far ahead. 100%. You see it all the time in college football. Georgia playing around with Kent State. Georgia messing around with Missouri. Um, I mean, Appalachian State had a big win earlier this season. I mean, you know, Texas A&M went down. I mean, there, you see it all the time. Uh, UT Martin will not beat Tennessee. But still, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, it's those games where if you go through the motions against Kentucky, you go through the motions against a team like South Carolina, they can beat you. Uh, this team seems to be focused. This team loves playing for this coaching staff. This team has great leadership in Hinton Hooker uh, and, and Byron Young and Amari Thomas and a lot of these other guys, you know, Trayvon Flowers, uh, you know, Jerome Carvin. I mean, this team has that really, really good leadership. So, you know, will they finish this thing off? We'll see. But uh, I think I, I like the odds there in terms of finishing this thing off the right way uh, because of the leadership. Now, does that mean they're going to win every single game? I don't know. We'll see. They'll have a good chance to win every single game. That's for sure. Uh, but we'll have to see, Tim. Good stuff there. Let's go to Blah. Uh, what does Tennessee or where does Tennessee stack up with individual awards right now? I know Hendon is in the Heisman running. What about everyone else? Is Hyde being looked at for the Bolitnikov? Anybody for all SEC or all American honors? Yeah, for sure. Um, again, I don't know all these awards titles, but uh, Hendon for the Heisman for sure. Because of the performance against Alabama, Jalen Hyatt has gone to number one in the nation in receiving touchdowns. In six games, Jalen Hyatt has 10 touchdown receptions. He doubled his output in one game. Uh, and number two, Marvin Harrison Jr., yes, that Marvin Harrison, of uh, of Ohio State in six games has nine. So uh, Jalen Hyatt is leading the nation and receiving touchdowns right now. If he keeps that pace, absolutely. But, I mean, it's hard not to consider him one of the best wide receivers in the country right now. And that will certainly garner some Blitnikoff Award recognition. So we will see. Um, anytime you have an offense that moves and, and picks up the stats and scores the way it does, you know, this goes back to even in my playing days and then in, in some of my uh, some of my time as an SID, you <clears throat> appoint one offensive lineman and you push him for every single award you can possibly get. And that offensive lineman this year will be Darnell Wright for Tennessee 100%. So as long as Tennessee's offensive line, uh, offense goes, 
Darnell Wright will be pushed for those awards as well. But as far as all conference, I mean, gosh, you, you know, you get Jalen Hyatt's, Hendon Hooker, Darnell Wright's, maybe another offensive lineman defensively right now. Maybe not anybody, but maybe, you know, maybe that changes as the season goes on. But those guys on offense, 100% for sure, are in consideration for some all conference. And, and that's just off the top of my head. Chase McGrath is probably in consideration for all conference. And again, that's kind of just off the top of my head. Uh, let's continue to go now. Let's go to JP. How do you think Tennessee matches up against Georgia in the trenches, beating them off the line of the scrimmage every day? Now seems like their only track. Uh, beating us yeah i haven't gotten in my deep dive on georgia yet i've watched them a couple times this year but obviously i'm you know i'm I'm on tennessee a lot so but once i get to that week i'll go into my deep dive um i mean georgia's big they lost a lot defensively but they return a lot as well uh you know defensive lineman they've got a really really good player jalen carter he's still there got some really good linebackers uh, on the offensive on their return i want to say at least three offensive linemen so, I mean, they're going to be, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge for sure. But just like with this offense, I like, I like this offense to throw the ball downfield and have an opportunity to go and score points. And it's going to be tough for anybody. If it's tough for Bryce Young to keep up, then you know it's going to be tough for Stetson Bennett in Georgia for sure. Uh, let's go now to Kurt. Kurt wants to know Was that the loudest you've ever heard? Nealon also is a Sugar Bowl, Sugar Bowl now officially the floor for this football team. It needs to be. I mean, again, Sugar Bowl, New Year's Six, 10 and 2. You know, that's that's say if Tennessee loses to Georgia, say if Tennessee stumbles somewhere else, you can still go to the Sugar Bowl, in my opinion. So floor, I, yeah, I mean, I'd say that. The floor, that's probably it right there for sure. You know, we'll see as the season goes on. Um, You know, what else did you have here? Is that the loudest you've ever heard in Eagle Stadium? You know, the thing I loved about LSU going to cover that game, it was an open-air press box. I love Neyland Stadium. It is so beautiful. I love Neyland Stadium, but... I wish it was an open, open, uh, open press box. I really do open air press box because it's hard to hear. I will say this though, um, I consistently heard it in the press box, which I, you know, never have in five, six years of covering this team. Um, and I felt it. I felt it rattle a little bit. I've never felt that in the press box. So again, I'm a younger guy, but uh, I will say those were some first for me. Saturday in England saying I wasn't out. I was out there for the very end of the game, and it was deafening. So I will say that. Um, it was really, really loud. Uh, let's go to Randy. Randy says, two questions for you. How big of a revised contract is Hypo about to get? Well, I guess we'll see. And who is the third best team in the SEC? Well, right now, I guess you'd have to say Alabama. Um, Alabama's got one loss. Georgia's undefeated. Tennessee's undefeated. So I guess you'd have to say Alabama. Ole Miss would be right, right there as well. And then it's just a matter to see who's the best team in the SEC right now between Tennessee and Georgia. So, uh, yeah, third best team in the SEC right now. I mean, it's got to be Alabama, right? Again, you play 10 times out of 10, it may be a different story, but you play one time, Tennessee beat Alabama, so Tennessee's ahead of Alabama. That's just how that works. Uh, let's go over to the Locked On Balls DM accounts, and I've got uh, one that I want to get into here to end our show. Let's go to C. Norm. Will Coach Heupel pull the starters early next game to save risking injuries? Man, I hope so. I hope so. Because look, I mean, Cedric Tillman, you don't ever want to not play in this football game. You never want to pull your starters in the first half. It's uh, it's very much a mental thing. Football is very mental. You want to stay the same approach. You want to stay very consistent, even in blowouts. Play the first half. Play the first series of the second half, you know, to, to play the middle eight, right? 
Um, that that's just football 101. Um, and, and Tennessee's followed that same script in the two Mac games where they where they have blowouts. We'll see if if they're in position, which they should be, if they do that this week. But I mean, run the risk, right? Cedric Tillman. And it, football's football. You can get hurt on any play. I get it, but you just hate the fact that Cedric Tillman got hurt in a game like Akron. You hate it. You hate it. But again, you can't control it all the time. So I, you know, we'll see. A lot of rotating in at the secondary, a lot of rotating in as the game goes on. I don't want to see Hendon Hooker play past halftime. I don't, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't want to see, I want to see a lot of Dylan Sampson. I want to see a lot of Justin Williams Thomas. I want to see some of those walk on running backs. I want to see some of those backup offensive linemen. Um, we'll see exactly. But so far, the, the, the blueprint for Hypel and blowout games has been starters play the first half with rotation. Okay. And then they come back out and they play this, the first series of the second half. And then it's all the reserves from there. So, uh, we will see. All right. Hey, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Vols. Short and sweeter compared to the episodes last week, whenever they were getting to be about 40 minutes. Apologies there. Uh, we'll come back. We got some cool interviews coming up the rest of the way and uh, some exciting stuff. This is right here on Locked On Vols. Can't thank you enough for your continual support, your subscriptions to uh, this show, both on YouTube and your downloading numbers on all the audio platforms. Thank you a lot. We're over 4,300 subscribers on YouTube. The goal is to get 5,000 by the end of the football season. We are going to blow past that. So keep it up and continue to support the show. Thank you guys so much. Check out Locked On SEC. Make that your second listen. Of course, every single day behind Locked On Balls. Your first listen, same time, same place. We'll do it again tomorrow, guys. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. 